would every veteran this morning just stand up, please? We just want to honor you today. Come on, stand up. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Stay standing. Stay standing. We just want to pray over you. Can we do that this morning, church? God, we thank you for these folks this morning that, that chose to live a sacrificial life, that chose to leave families and security and comfort to go and fight for freedom, the freedom that we all get to enjoy. God, we thank you that you move on the hearts of men and women to do those things. And God, we thank you for them responding to that call. So God, we ask you to, to bless them today. God, not just today, but for all of their life, Father, would you bless them? Would you go before them? Would you make life special for them, God? And those that need healing and those that need recovery, God, would you bring that into their lives today, we ask. And God, we're just so grateful for all of those who have fought to give us freedom that we get to enjoy. We love you and we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give them one more big old hand. <clears throat> Isn't that good? Come on, somebody. How about that worship set? Whoa. <laughs> I, was, I was worried, Lisa, for a second. I was like, no response. Oh, my God. Bad statement, Pastor. Bad statement. You should have known better. I don't know about y'all. I enjoyed the heck out of that. So that was good stuff. Uh, well, good morning. How's everybody doing? You doing good this morning? Hey, let's welcome our guests real quick. I'm going to try to get all the clapping done at the beginning of the service. So let's welcome our guests. Come on, church. If this is your first time with us this morning, we want you to do one thing for us. We're asking you, if you would just grab this Connect card on the seat in front of you, fill it out sometime during the service. At the end of service, just leave it on your seat. That way we'll have a record of you being with us. We would love to connect with you if you want us to. If you put your phone number there or your email address, we'd love to connect with you this week if that's possible. So welcome to our Savior's Church. I hope you've enjoyed your time with us so far. Well, this morning... Uh, we're going to continue with a series we started last week called Legacy. We're going to be in a three-week series called Legacy, and we're talking about the importance of legacy. We're talking about what it means to leave a legacy. We're talking about how every one of us is going to leave a legacy, whether we try to or not. Are you getting that this morning? You're going to leave one. So you just as soon be in intentional about leaving the right one, a good one. Amen. And let me just let me just say this. I don't know why it just popped in my head, but the thing you need to leave your kids more than a fat bank account is a great marriage if you're married. That is more valuable than any money you can put in the bank. Amen. And so last week we kicked the, the series off with a message on vision and we were talking about how important it is to have a vision, how every every person should have a vision for their own life. Uh, you should have a vision for your family. The church has a vision. In fact, we have a vision for every person that would call OSC home. I mean, if you'd like to know what that vision is, our vision is to reach people and build lives. We want to reach the lost, bring them into God's presence and God's house with his people, and then begin to disciple them and build their lives. And when they're discipled, or even during the discipleship process, they're going out and reaching more people. You see the process? You see the vision? Reach people, build lives. Every person that we call OSC home, we have four steps that we want you to take. The most important step is to know God. We want everybody to know God, not just on Sunday. We want you to know God personally, and we want you to know God powerfully. More than just Sunday, you need to know God every day. 
Amen? So we want you to know God. The second thing we want you to do is to find freedom. Finding freedom, I wish I could tell you finding freedom was just a once and done kind of thing. But how many of you know it's to be true that freedom comes as a process? It comes over a period of time. But until you start the process, you then don't ever start the freedom or to receive that freedom, right? So we want you to discover the power that God has to set every one of us free from the things that are holding us back from his goodness. So we want you to find freedom. The third step we want you to take is to discover your purpose. They say the two greatest days of your life is the day you were born and the day you discover why. So we want, to, we want you to go through next step. And in next step, we're going to start the process of helping you to discover your purpose. Because when you know why you're on the planet, it sure makes life a whole lot better. It takes the guesswork out. It takes the wondering out. It takes the misdirection and the confusion out. Amen? And then the ultimate purpose of all of our lives and this church is to take the fourth step, which is to make a difference. We planted this church in this city, not because this city needed another church, but because we felt like God wanted us to come here and help make a difference. We didn't come just to say we had another church. We came because we wanted to make a difference in this community, and I believe we are. To make a difference. Our lives should make a difference. We should live with such intentionality that we know we're making a difference. There should be a confidence in every person here this morning that says, I'm making a difference in somebody's life. Amen? Cheryl and I have been breaking generational curses for years now. We're making a difference in the tree. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? We're making a difference generationally. Like, like there's going to be, like, this is a shift. Like, one day you're going to come back and look at our family tree and you're going to say, what happened then? A great storm came. God moved, and this big old ripple in this tree, and now the tree got healthy. Make sense? Hopefully. <laughs> so we're devoting this series to helping us all make a difference. Paul said in 1 Timothy, he said this, he said, to teach us, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Do you know money is as unreliable as the oil field? Come on, somebody. I mean, you know how many people are leaving their oil field now to get a land job? Because they're like, man, it's just stable. So is your money. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Say enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the what? For the future. That's eternity. That's forever. You see in this? So that they may experience true life. How many of you have heard the hashtag YOLO? It's, it's a little bit old, but you, you've heard it. Come on, raise your hand. You're not going to get in trouble today. You only live once. Okay, so it was this hashtag that came through a couple years ago. Oh, you only live once, and it was cool as all get out. Everybody thought it was great. I think it's dumb. Because I'm a believer, and I'm not just living once. I'm living twice. Right? So how about we start a new hashtag today called YOLT? <laughs> you only live twice. By the way, that's the title of my message today. You only live 
twice. The time you spend on this earth will be nothing compared to the time that we spend in eternity. You've got to get this because we need to be eternally minded people. I'm not living for now. I'm living for then. So Paul is showing us that the main motivation for making a difference is heaven. So let's talk about heaven for a minute because there's a couple of things that we need to make sure everybody knows before we get too far off into heaven. Uh, To get to heaven, some things are going to need to happen, though. Okay, so not everybody goes to heaven. Can I just clear that up this morning? Not everybody goes to heaven. Only those who do certain things go to heaven. Okay, you got to buy this golden tick now. You got to dance this certain way. You got to wear it. Watch what Hebrews says. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. So once you die, comes a judgment. And you're going to face two different kinds of judgments if you're a Christian. We call it, we call it the two-question test. So you're going to take a two-question test. I maybe wish we'd had two-question test in high school. I might would have done better. <laughs> two-question test is what you're going to face. The first one is going to be the great white throne judgment. And God's not going to ask you about sin. He's not going to ask you about how much of the Bible you know. He's not going to ask you about your church attendance or whether or not you got baptized. It's not about what you did. He's going to ask you about who you know. The first judgment is who do you know? So here's the first question you're going to have to answer. What did you do with my son, Jesus? Say that's a good question. Because you see, here's the deal. Your sins are going to have to be paid for. And the question is, is who's paying? You ever go out to eat with a friend and you're like, and, y'all, and the bill comes and y'all looking at each other like, who's paying? What did you do with my son, Jesus? The right answer. How many of you want to know the right answer? Okay, so five of you. Okay, let's try that one more time. How many of you like to know the right answer? Come on, a little participation this morning. Y'all, y'all hands was up last night when LSU was playing. Come on. <laughs> because this is why the right answer is so important, because the right answer determines your destination. Right answer. What did you do with my son, Jesus? Here's the right answer. I knew him personally. I didn't know him through somebody else. I didn't know him because I heard about him. I didn't know him just through his book. I knew him personally. It's got to be a shift. You can't be a Sunday morning Christian. You need to be an everyday follower of Christ. Amen? What did you do with my son, Jesus? I got to know him personally. You know you can start that today. No matter where you've been, what you've done, you can start that today. Now, if you answer that correctly, then you get to face a second judgment that will determine what heaven is going to be like for you. So the first judgment determines where you're going to go. The second judgment determines what it's going to be like when you go. I mean, you say that's important. Here's the second question. What did you do with what I gave you? Paul said it this way, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Uh Jesus said it like this. He said, for the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what 
to what he has done. You see, all the people today that are serving kids and parking cars and greeting people and checking people in and playing instruments and serving in the sound and media room, all these people, they're going to get rewarded for that. I thought you'd be more excited. All of you parents who are taking your kids on these little secret serving missions, come on, because I know you're doing that, right? You got these little, these little vision for your family where you're teaching them how to sneak a blessing on people, right? Just shake your head if, even if you're not doing it. Just, just, like, like, yeah. You're going to get rewarded for that. They're going to get rewarded for that. Are you seeing this? He's going to come and reward us for what we've done, whether good or bad. Now, let me clear something up. We're not good or bad to get to heaven, we get there because of who we know. I know Jesus personally. Why do we need to be good or bad? Well, why do we need to be good? <laughs> Let's not even talk about the other option. <laughs> why do we need to be good? Why do we need to be full of good deeds? Because that's what determines, that determines what heaven's going to look like for you. And I know some people, they got this weird humility about them. Well, I'll take a doghouse in heaven than a mansion in hell. Okay, bro, time out. Let's, let's process that for a minute. Because, I mean, like living in a doghouse for eternity, I mean, that's a long time, bro. I mean, do you really love a doghouse? What's cool is that what I do now will determine what it will be like then. Let that soak in for a minute. What I do now is going to determine what then looks like. In fact, this is such an important concept in the Bible that it shows up in the very last chapter of the Bible. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Watch what it says. It says, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. Mm-hmm. You need to be more excited about that than come April when your tax return comes. You need to be more intentional about that than you are about April when your tax return comes. Amen? This is eternity, y'all. This is forever. This isn't just like another brief stay. This is forever. So let me give you three principles for earth. The first one is this, is I'm just passing through. You need to understand that I'm just passing through. I'm here for X amount of days. I'm just passing through. I'm not staying here forever. Come on, somebody. That would be nice because I don't know if I can deal with the mosquitoes forever. I'm just passing through. Look at what Paul says. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. So what is he saying? Don't settle thinking that this is the best you're going to get. Don't settle on this, because this is going to let you down. Invest in eternity. Be eternally minded. Because God loves Christians who put their focus on the right things. Second principle is my time on earth is short. 
Now that's good news for some people that are going through some hard times. Even though it might not feel short. <laughs> right? But in light of eternity, it's, it's but a brief moment. So this suffering you're going through now is nothing compared to the time that you're going to spend in eternity, the Bible says. It's short. James said it this way. Your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while, then it's gone. The great philosopher Dr. Seuss said, Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why it's called present. Come on, Dr. Seuss. Psalms 90 says this, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever watched any of the 9-11 documentaries? I know that it's, it's getting a little bit old, but you'll, if you watch them, they, just for you younger kids, we used to have like phones with like cords connected to them. And then we got real advanced and we had phones that were cordless. Come on, somebody. We were high-tech rednecks. And, but, but connected to that phone was this answering device. So when people would call, they could leave a message on this phone, and you'd hit the button and go, Beep! and then the people would start speaking. When you watch the 9-11 documentaries, you start to notice that some people that were caught in the towers and realized they couldn't get out began to make phone calls home. And some of them made phone calls home and nobody was home, but they said what they wanted to say on the recording. What a tragedy to be in a situation like that and hope that somebody picks up or hope that the answering machine catches your final words. Why not say them today? Why not say them now? If it bubbles up in your heart and your mind, say it now. Tell people how much you appreciate them now. Because it's short. The hardest thing as a pastor is walking with people when something instantly tragic has happened in their life. It's tough, man. It's tough when you lose somebody just like that. A longer sickness or a slower death, you, you kind of have time to process. Neither one of them is fun, but you kind of have time to process and, and, keep, and get the house in order and make up any differences, Right? Can I just encourage you this morning, if you need to ask somebody to forgive you, ask them today. If you need to give somebody forgiveness, give it to them today. Because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. What are you waiting for? What don't feel right? The third principle is, I should make the most of every opportunity. I should make the most of every opportunity. You only get the opportunities you're getting once on this side. It's important when you go to work and when you go to school and when you're at home that you look for opportunities to share the love of God with people, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Paul says this, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. There was a group of people that did a survey on some folks that were 95 years and older. So they, I'm sure it wasn't a big room, <laughs> small survey, <laughs> but they, they pulled in some 95 plus year old people and they asked them one question. 
I said, if you could do life all over again, what would you do differently? How many of you know it might be wise to listen to what they say? That's a lot of experience. You want to hear their top three responses? The first response was, I would reflect more. I go, wow. You mean to tell me you would take more time thinking about how you were living? Reflecting on what has happened and what's, what's ahead of you? The second one, I thought this one was fascinating. They said, I would risk more. Think about that for a minute. 95 plus years old, looking back at at least 95 years of life and saying, I probably would risk more. What a perspective. And then the third response, response was, I thought, incredible. They said, the majority of them said, I would do more things that would live on after I'm dead. That's legacy, y'all. That's leaving a legacy. That's leaving something that lasts beyond you. Come on, if everything dies with you, but what if some things live on beyond you? Some good things, amen? So Paul says this in Corinthians, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Here's how you know if it has value. If the work survives the fire, that builder will receive a reward. Wow. All of our work is going to be tested. Can it survive? Does it have some eternity written in it? Does it have some heavenly strength about it? Does it have a purpose attached to it? Is it going to survive to the end? Because that's what determines if it's valuable or not. Is this making sense? So how do I live a life that God rewards? You ever wonder that? How do I live a life that God rewards? Let me give you three points and I'm going to wrap it up. Number one, how do I live a a life that God rewards? I go through life looking up, not around. I go through life looking up, not around. When your focus is on your house and your money and your kids and your stuff, you're going to be disappointed. If your life is not good right now, stop looking at your problems. Can I tell you, you've probably processed them long enough. You've probably whined about it long enough. And if you don't believe me, just ask your friends. They'll tell you if they really love you. Like, that's enough, cuz. Everybody knows you're broke. You're making me feel broke. (laughs) Like, quit talking about it. Quit looking at your problem. How about you look up to where your help comes from? Amen? Look up, not around. I went through this, uh, my wife and I actually did separately, but we went through this, this uh, course called Inner Healing. And, and during this course, it was, it was super incredible. It was great for me personally. I know it was great for my wife. We went through this course called Inner Healing. And during the course, you had to do these experiential things. Like you had to, how many of you have been through Inner Healing? Okay, a couple of you. You know the experientials, right? Like pick a leaf, grab a twig, get a rock. It, it, was, it was silly, but, and, I, and I, my, I, fl- I 
Sorry, G, but I personally didn't like them. Uh, but, but when I did them, because I'm just, I'm like an obedient kind of guy. I just did them. I got something from it. One of them was this thing called, it was a trust exercise. And so it was to teach me how to experience trusting others. And so I had to put a blindfold on. Okay, that's the first level of trust right there. <laughs> I had to put a blindfold on. I had to walk through this parking lot with somebody's hand on my shoulder telling me what's coming up next, telling me where we're going to go, what I'm about to step in. It's, it's, it's difficult when you can't see where you're going. It's hard to not look at your problems. It's hard to not focus on what you're going through right now. But trust is when I can't see where I'm going, I'm trusting the one that's leading me. Amen? I'm trusting him who sees the end from the beginning. I'm trusting him. I'm not trusting myself. It's, it may not sound wise to look up and not look around. But can I tell you, it is wise to look up and not look around. Because the more you focus on your problems, the more your problems become your God. Well, how you know that, Pastor? Because I focus on my problems a lot. But I want to live a life that God rewards. When I look up, I say to him, I trust you. I trust you with my next step. I trust you with my final destination. I'm not trying to do this myself. I trust you. You see, the, the problem with that experience was I kept wanting to peek, and I was hoping I could see down. You know, come, anybody ever been blindfolded before? Like, you, you're trying to creep a little corner or something, you're like, couldn't. They put it on too tight. <laughs> Number two, to live a life that God rewards, give up something now for something that I want later. Can I replace that word want with this? Give up something now for something better later? This is a great life principle. If you want a healthy body, baby, you're going to have to give up the bluebell. <laughs> Can I get a witness? You're going to have to go to the, ex to the, to the gym, to the exorcist, <laughs> the exercise. It's all the same. <laughs> I went to the gym. I got exercised. <laughs> Lord help us. It's a good life principle, but can I tell you it's a better eternity principle? If I'll give up something now for something better later. But you see, only eternally minded people think that way. Jesus said in Matthew, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth, moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Can I tell you, church, that the best investment you can ever make is in eternity? It doesn't have a crash. Like eternity's market never crashes. Nobody breaks in and steal. Whatever you send ahead of you will be preserved for when you get there. That's good news. The best investment I can make is in eternity. Look, listen how Jesus finishes this up. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Come on, where's your treasure? Answer that question for yourself this morning. Where's your treasure? 
Where's your treasure? Ask it this way. Where's your heart? If you want to know where your heart is, just trace your treasure and you'll find out where your heart is. Give up something now for something better later. Number three, intentionally make a difference. What is your purpose? If you're born again, you're heading to heaven anyway. You just assume be intentional about it. I mean, is it possible to quit trying to focus and put all of our time, tension, attention, and effort and energy and resources into this planet and start putting them into eternity? Is that even possible? Is it possible for you to even think that way? Like, I'm going to make investments with eternity in mind. You've got to make a plan. So you need to, we need to intentionally share our resources. We need to become a priority percentage and progressive giver. My wife and I have been tithing for over 20 years now and giving offerings whenever, whenever things come up and whenever things, when there's opportunities, we give offerings. I'm, I'm studying this message and it points there and it's, it's progressive giver and I, I, I kind of got convicted, y'all. I, just, I was like, I know I'm a faithful giver, but I may not be a progressive giver. Like, I'll just be real brutally honest with you this morning, and maybe some of you can relate to me. I don't always wake up and look for an opportunity to give somebody something. That's what a progressive giver does. They wake up in the morning, how can I bless somebody? How can I invest in eternity? How can I be the good hands and feet of Jesus? That's progressive. On November 17th, next Sunday, we're going to be receiving a legacy offering, and we've been asking you to pray. Just pray. Just pray and ask God what he wants you to give. What does he want you to give to invest in the next generation? That's going to happen next week. So we need to intentionally share our resources. We need to intentionally share our time. We need to be on the dream team. Everybody who's born again and been through Next Step needs to be on the dream team. You need to get involved. You need to get plugged in. You need to start carrying some of this weight called ministry on Sunday mornings and get really good at it because then it's going to flow into your Monday through Friday. Do you know when Cheryl and I years ago jumped onto the dream team in Jennings before this church was ever planted? We just started serving faithfully. We learned, we learned leadership principles. We learned how to, how to manage and, and work with different types of people. We learned all these incredible things that when I went into business made me a better businessman. Come on. It made me a better Christian. It only benefited my life. Amen? We need to share our time. Some of you, it's time to start leading a life group. Amen, Pastor. I know life groups are tough. We have one every Monday night. We got to make sure the house is spotless every Monday. Do you know Monday is a drag until life group shows up? Can I just be honest? It's a drag. Got to hurry. Get everything cleaned up. Oh, everything ready. Got to study. Got to be ready. Go. Blah, blah, blah. It's like chaos until everybody shows them. You're like, hey, y'all, come on in. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Kicking stuff behind the door. Come on in. 
But then by the time the night's over with and you're praying for people and God, you've seen the spirit of God touch people. You go, you know, I'll clean this house every Monday until I go to heaven. Or, or my wife will. Because I, I felt something. She was like, oh, really? I felt that. You, yep. You thought it, didn't you? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I got, I got witnesses to that fact, too. <laughs> so what if we intentionally share our time? Last point. Maybe the most important thing I say today. What if we intentionally share Christ? What if we got someone to church and prayed with someone and told them about Jesus? I got a friend, his name's Billy. And Billy called me up one day and he said, hey, pastor, will you come pray for my grandmother? She's dying. They sent her home and she doesn't have long to live. Can you come pray with her and can you tell her about Jesus? I said, sure, man, I I can do that. So I rescheduled my day and I took off. I think I drove somewhere around Church Point. Pulled up at the house and <clears throat> and he was telling me, I wish you, would, would you come and share Christ with my grandmother? And I'd been spending time with Billy previous to this. And I said, Billy, you know, you can share Christ with your grandmother, but I'm coming. I said, I will, but you know, you can too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, Pat. All right. But you're coming, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. And these, these things are always kind of just different than my normal schedule Uh, you walk into a house there's usually people in that house and some of them are looking at you like you're the pope right like some of them are looking at you like you're jesus like you're going to walk in this person is going to get up from the bed and then most people are looking at you like what you going to do and so you feel all this when you walk in but you go knowing that I'm a representative of heaven right now and I'm walking into this house and I'm bringing heaven with me and I don't know if God's going to raise them from the dead or if he's going to send them home, but I'm here to implant heaven in this situation, right? So I come in and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm like, I ain't worried about what y'all think. Shook everybody's hands. I was nice to him, greeted everyone. His grandmother's laying in the bed. Billy's sitting right next to her holding her hand. And I said, uh, Introduced myself to her, and she was, she was awake. And uh, I said, do you mind if I talk to you? And she's like, sure. And, and I said, can I tell you some good news? And Billy grabbed my arm, and he said, Pastor, you don't have to. I already did. I just led her to Christ a little while ago. She gave her life to Jesus. Come on. She gave her life to Jesus. We prayed a prayer. Jesus is her Lord and Savior, Pastor. You don't have to tell her. I was like, that's my man. That's my man, Billy, right there. Billy did it for I said, well, can I at least pray, Billy? I'm like, did you leave any meat on the bone, bro? Like, can I come and minister a little bit? And I laid my hands on that lady, and I said, Lord, thank you for the greatest decision she's just made. This is the greatest decision of her life, God. And I prayed healing over her, and I prayed that God would raise her up, and I prayed God's blessing would be on her. I prayed for the whole family. And then I left. A couple of days later, she went on to be with Jesus, not just to be somewhere else. What if we took every day and said every day is an opportunity to give somebody good news? I had this thought this week. What if... 
you started every conversation with, hey, you want to hear some good news? We live in a world full of bad news. That's easy to talk about, right? Easy to talk about bad news. I mean, you don't even have to try. People talk about bad news. Hey, do you want to hear some good news? You know what most people do? Good news? Can I tell you the good news about what happened to me? And then, watch this. Just share your story. You don't have to quote scripture. You don't have to whoop your Bible out of your back pocket, slam it on the table. I got some good news. You scare people. Don't do that. What if you just share your story? About I felt like I was in the deadest place of my life. I was in the darkest moment ever. And somebody told me this same good news. And now I have light in my life. Now I feel alive again. Now I've got hope and I've got a future. Can you just share your story? Every story matters. You know why? Because if it's God's story, heaven is wrapped in it. And it will do something to everyone who hears it. You don't have to wait on the results. You don't have to see them raised from the dead. You don't have to do nothing. Just share your story. You know, there's, there's an experiential moment that comes when you share your story with people. And you share the good news with them. There's this moment you walk away with, it's kind of the after effect. Like you've just, you've just shared your story with somebody and you've seen kind of light start to pop up in their eyes and you, and you walk out of that situation going, wow, I just put a seed in the ground. Now Jesus has something to water. Amen? And more people like Billy's grandma will spend eternity in heaven and not hell. Not only that, they'll have life here on this earth and not death. Amen? What if we, who know him, begin to share the good news about him to everyone we meet? How could we change the world around us? Your story is important. Every story is important. You might miss a lot of things on earth, but you will never miss what you invest in eternity. You'll never miss it. It's waiting for you. It's preserved. It's not going to be stolen. It's not going to decay. It's waiting for you in heaven. Amen? Can we pray? God, I come to you today so grateful for this moment. God, grateful for even this message, Lord. God, help us to be eternally minded people. That we don't live for today. We don't put our resources in today. We put them into things that are going to last for eternity. God, help us to be eternally minded and that our actions would speak of eternity. God, help us to make the best investments in eternity. 
Help us to live in such a way, God, that it screams the good news. And when people look at our lives, they see Jesus all over it. They see eternity all over it. Holy Spirit, give us boldness to be your witness, to share the good news wherever we go. God, we wouldn't be ashamed. We wouldn't even be nervous. Lord, I pray we get so good at it that everywhere we go, we just tell people about Jesus. Somehow, some way, through our story, through somebody else's story. Every story is important. Every conversation is an opportunity, Lord. Help us to not miss those opportunities. Help us to look up and not around. Help us, God. If that's you this morning, you say, you know what, Pastor, I need to hear that because honestly, I've been focusing on myself and I've been focusing on everything else around me and I haven't thought much about eternity. Nobody looking around, but if that's you, can you just lift your hand real quick? All over this room. I haven't thought much about eternity. Sure, I've been doing a lot of thinking about myself, though. So God help us today. Help us to give hope to everyone we meet. To bring life into every situation. And that when people walk away from a moment with us, they will have experienced God's love. I pray that over this church this morning. Now, nobody looking around or your heads bowed and eyes closed. If you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you want to hear that good news this morning and you want to give your life to Jesus and be born again like the Bible says you can make that decision today that's you just real quick just lift your hand if you've never given your life to Jesus and you, you want to make that decision today or maybe you just want to rededicate your life maybe you're just like you know what Pastor, I've been playing just raise your hand I see you anybody else I see you else let's pray this together this morning say with me say Lord Jesus I come to you today a sinner that's fallen short I can't fix myself I can't even turn my own thing around I need you Jesus I realize today that you died on the cross to pay a price I can't afford. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead and you're sitting at his right hand. So because of the cross, I can be forgiven. And because God raised you from the dead, I can be raised from the dead. So Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to be my Lord. Would you fill me with your spirit today?
Let's give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. Ushers are coming forward, and we're going to get ready to receive tithes and offerings today.